Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 152. Thanks for listening. Welcome back everybody, and happy holidays! This is our big Christmas episode. It's dropping just a couple of days before Christmas. I'm excited. I'm sitting here with my eggnog under the tree. Got my faithful dog at my feet, watching a roaring fire, wishing I had a fireplace. Maybe I should call 911. I'll be done with this recording shortly. What's the worst that could happen in the meantime? You people are worth it. So I hope everyone's enjoying a happy holiday season, whatever uh, the holiday season means for you. I want to take a few minutes here uh, today to uh, wish you that. Uh, this episode won't be a long one, but I wanted to uh, to make sure that I noted the holiday and, and said hi to everybody. This is in lieu of actually sending you a Christmas present, you understand. This is your Christmas present. You're welcome. Speaking of presents, I am hoping that Santa is good to me this year. My record's a little sketchy for the year, but I think that he will bring me something. And I'm hoping it's new podcasting equipment. Within a 12-hour period, I managed to dump a substantial amount of liquid on the microphone that I use. Uh, this is actually the microphone I'm using right now, so it seems to still be working. But part of me is worried that there's a few little drops of water in there, and at some point it's going to make the microphone go and die. I'm pretty sure that that's the technical version of what happens inside a microphone. And within that same period of time, and I don't know how I did it, but I managed to run the vacuum cleaner over the cord for my headphones and chew it all up. So, uh, yeah, I destroyed two bits of equipment within a very short period of time. So, yay? Good job? I don't know. Basically, I'm going uh, equipment shopping and, uh, and hoping that Santa is good to me for that. All right, what else should we do when we're not worrying about equipment or, or when we're hoping to get this done before the equipment craps out. Oh, oh, I guess while I'm throwing things in there, my computer, the keyboard, you have to really hit the E key hard to type E's. That or just don't ever type a word with E in it. Oh, well, enough whining. Uh, enough listening to the podcaster whine. Let's get on to something that makes us happy, like this, for example. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship. Or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. Golly dang it, Mad Mike. You're harsh and my mellow. Still no new updates on your Facebook page. What is the deal, Mikey? He and I are tight, so I call him Mikey. Still nothing new on the website either. Has Mad Mike gone into hiding or something? I think I know what the problem might be. He's pouting. Why is he pouting? Probably because Richard Branson at Virgin Galactic just kicked his ass. If you were watching the news, I guess it's a week old now, but if you were watching the news on Thursday, December 13, Virgin Galactic completed its longest rocket-powered flight ever. Two pilots piled into this rocket that this private company developed uh, the rocket was called, spacecraft was called Unity, and blasted up to an altitude of 51.4 miles, or nearly 83 kilometers. The U.S. military and NASA consider pilots who have flown above 80 kilometers to be astronauts. And the Federal Av uh, Aviation Administration said that the two pilots, Mark Stuckey and C.J. Sturko, 
were to receive commercial astronaut wings at a ceremony in, in D.C. next year. Lifted by jet-powered mothership EVE, the spacecraft Unity took off from Mojave Air and Spaceport in California Desert, got up to 40,000 feet, uh, or when they got to 40,000 feet, the, uh, the carrier released Unity, and the crew piloted that spacecraft in a roaring burn lasting 60 seconds, getting up to a speed of Mach 2.9, which is nearly three times the speed of sound, and then glided back to Earth. Oh, hey, Henry. Hey, everybody. Henry just wandered into the room, and Henry, I'm doing a Christmas podcast. Christmas episode of the podcast of Atari Bytes, and you're on the show a lot. Do you want to say ha- uh, Merry Christmas to everybody? Hi. <laughs> well, hi is nice, but do you want to say Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas. Or Happy Holidays? No. No, just just Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay. <laughs> he's off. He's got candy on the brain, so he's more focused on that right now. I don't even know if you could hear that, but he did say Merry Christmas. So yeah, eat it, Mike. Uh, eat it, Mad Mike. Richard Branson who's way richer than you, beat you to it. No word yet on whether Branson has determined that the Earth is flat or not. He's not the only one. Branson isn't trying to do this. Jeff Bezos, uh, well, I jumped ahead. The idea is that Branson wants to start taking tourists up there. He's already got like a bunch of rich people, Tom Hanks and DiCaprio, and some third person I don't care about, signed up within a very short period of time to take a a ride on this thing. It's like $240,000 for a seat or something. Jeff Bezos from Amazon wants to do this too. He's been spending a billion dollars a year on his company, Blue Origin, which is a rocket builder founded by Bezos, uh, testing a rocket called New Shepard. They got up recently to 322,000 feet and also had been hoping to launch tourists this year, but they're not going to make it. Virgin Galactic has more than 600 would-be astronauts actually signed on to do this. Ticket price is $250,000 per flight. So... You guys, you know, look in your stockings this Christmas, you know, gather up your Christmas money, and maybe you guys can uh, take a ride with Richard Branson up into the uh, almost space. If you do that, let me know, and make sure you take uh, some Atari Byte stickers with you to uh, plaster on the side of the rocket, and uh, and we're going to say, take your pictures, help Mad Mike Hughes figure out if the Earth is flat since he has apparently given up. Alright, let's get on with the rest of the show. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. I'm gonna mention this briefly. It maybe has kind of died down by the time you're hearing this episode, but this is a Christmas episode, so it seems relevant. The classic Christmas tune. Every radio station that plays 24 hours of Christmas music every year plays this song, Baby It's Cold Outside, right? It's the one where, uh, Baby It's Cold Outside, and the guy's trying to convince the woman not to leave because they're having a good time. He's going to put some records on. She's going to pour some drinks. Uh, she's like, my mother's not going to approve if I stay here. It's it, it was written in like 1940 or something. And people are in the current climate where we have a heightened awareness of consent and pressuring people into situations they don't want to be in. People have listened to the lyrics in this heightened era that we live in and are concerned that it sends the wrong message. I'm not going to say a whole lot about it, I guess. I totally get that people can 
be triggered by things that other people are not. I get that I'm a dude, but having said that, I, I don't feel it. I don't, I've I listened to the lyrics. I actually read an article by this uh, English professor who actually made some good points. Um, 1940, not that, you know, things didn't happen without consent in 1940, but he, he makes some points that, that some of the uh, phrasing in, in the song are typical of the way people talked in, in the 40s, and some of the th- things that the woman says about oh how oh you know her mother wouldn't approve um it's not like she's trying to get out of there it's that that's how women were expected to act they were not supposed to um they were supposed to put up a pretense of not wanting to make out with the dude basically uh again i'm not saying the song doesn't send a bad message i just i don't see it i don't know it feels like a song to me. It, it, I've never had the impression that the, there's a power imbalance there. I've always felt it's kind of like a little sparring match between two equally consenting adults who are kind of goofing around with their language and whatever else they're doing once the song is over. So, your mileage may vary. Uh, I just felt like I should probably say something about it since it's a Christmas episode. Now that, of course, has anything to do with video games. On the subject of video games, a lot of you, like I do, probably have kids... You're probably buying video games. You may be buying video games for yourself, of course. If you're doing it old school, you're buying the cartridges, like for the Atari. Maybe you're wrapping them up, putting them under the tree for yourself or for somebody else. But if you're buying games for your kids, it's probably not its probably not a physical cartridge anymore, right? It's like a gift card to download an app or download something on the Xbox to play. Uh, I mean, you do still buy physical games for the Xbox, of course, but less and less, that's the case. And if you're like my kid, uh, my kid does play the Xbox some, as well as some of my old consoles, with the physical medium, but he is more inclined to play an app, play games off apps on his tablet or or the phone, if he gets a hold of my phone. So it, it's just interesting. You know, he may wish for gift cards or something like that to buy apps, Whereas when I was his age, I was shaking packages under a tree looking to see if Donkey Kong was there or, you know, whatever the game was that I wanted that year. Pitfall, maybe. I think one year, I think when I got, I guess I'm doing an entire memory now, I think when I got the 2600, it it was a Christmas present. I actually think it was not a surprise. I think I was told that it was coming, but I don't think I was told what games. I think Mom bought the console, obviously, and it, it had bundled in it whatever games came with it. I wish I still had the box, of course, but the box is long gone. So I can picture the box. I can picture the package being sort of lumpy because she also stuck in the same package. The two cartridges, you know, boxed, but separate from the, the console box. And I think the two cartridges were Donkey Kong and I want to say Frogger. And I almost want to say Pac-Man was in the box with the console. Is that possible? I guess it's possible. So it was a pretty good haul you know, right out the gate uh, of games, right? Those are some heavy hitters. I don't remember when I got Pitfall. I remember it being a big deal because I was really excited about Pitfall. And that might have been a birthday present. I don't know. The, the point was, there's not going to be something like that going on for my kid because he plays games differently now. I'm a dinosaur of a bygone era. But you know what? I made a podcast out of that bygone era, as many of you have. So, not such a bad thing. Alright, 
I feel compelled to talk about Twas the Night Before Christmas. Every year I read the, uh, the classic poem, originally titled The Visit from St. Nicholas, and first published anonymously in 1823 and later attributed to Clement Clark Moore, who claimed authorship in 1837. All of that I just spooled off the top of my head. You understand, I'm not reading it off the internet at all. Is it bad to lie at Christmas time? Does Santa make note of lies? Asking for a friend. Clement Clark Moore was a writer and American professor of Oriental and Greek literature, as well as divinity and biblical learning, at the General Theological Seminary of the Protestant Episcopal Church. That's a hell of a lot to put on a t-shirt. I wonder how they did that. And all of that's in New York City. He was born in 1779, died in 1863. We celebrate story on this podcast, mostly by making them up. And Twas the Night Before Christmas, or whatever I said was the original title, is one of the most iconic stories in American literature. Like I said, I read it every year to my kids. It's a staple uh, of many homes at the holidays, and it's the basis for many, many other stories. Like, for example, the one you're going to hear from me this week. That's what you call a Christmas segue. A Christmas way. A Christ way. A segmus. A, it's a segmus. A segwayus. Maybe I gotta lay off the eggnog. Remember, kids, don't eggnog and podcast. Put on your fuzzy slippers. Maybe swipe a gingerbread man before you sit down and decapitate him. After the break, you will hear the debut of an original poem by me. Twas the night before Atari Christmas. was the night before Atari Christmas, when all through the game room consoles, not a gamer was cursing, not even the gaming trolls. The paddles were hung by the joysticks with care, in hopes that Ed Ladden soon would be there. The 5200 was nestled all snug on its shelf, while visions of 7800s danced through itself. And Mama and her Pac-Man T settled down for a nap, while I decided to give Frogger just one more lap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the 2600 to see what was the matter. Away to the window I hobbled and crashed. Hours of gaming, my legs had quite trashed. The moon on the breast, <laughs> he said breast, of the new fallen snow. Wait, it snowed? How long was I playing? Gave the luster of midday to the cast-off and televisions piled below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a rusted-out conversion van and eight tiny programmers. With visionary drivers with smarts and money, I knew in a moment it must be Bushnell and Dabney. More rapid than Odyssey and quicker than Pong, 
and they whistle that programmers to please come along. Now Train, now Kaplan, now Whitehead and Warshaw, on Kitchen, on Miller, on Levy and Shaw, to the top of the sales ranks, to the pop culture lists. Now games away, give Coleco Telstar fits. As red buttons on joysticks that fire from the corner up left, when they try to make invaders from space feel bereft, so into the game room the programmers they flew, with the van full of games, Bushdell and Dabney too. And then in a twinkling I heard at my console the drumming of fingers, and disbelief was substantial. Where's Yar's Revenge, said they, or Cubert, an adventure? What of Missile Command, Pitfall, or even Star Raiders? The programmers were dressed in old jeans, rock t-shirts on the lot, and their clothes were all tarnished overwhelmingly with pot. A backpack of game tarts were flung on each back, and they looked like ne'er-do-wells opening lunch sacks. Their eyes, how they twinkled, the glow there so merry, from the light of the TV showing the title for Fishing Derby. Their drooling little mouths were drawn up like a bow, anticipating both junk food and the games they would show. So they stowed away Dorito bags, bologna with cheese, but the smoke offered a contact high, if you please. They had some manuals and carts in sealed boxes, offering mysteries when you shook them to vex us. They were friendly and enthusiastic, right jolly game elves, and I laughed when I saw them in spite of myself. A wink of their eyes, while on the console hitting reset, soon gave me to know I had no need to be upset. They spoke not another word, went straight to their work, and filled all my game shelves, then turned with a jerk. And with a twist of their game paddles, as was their plan, and giving a nod, they piled into the van. Then Bushnell and Dabney to their team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like a laser blast missile. But I heard them exclaim, ere they drove out of sight, Happy Atari Christmas to all, and to all a good night. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks also to Mike Mann for his Mad Mike Hughes update theme. The music you heard was The Canon of St. Nicholas, or Jolly Old Canon in D, off of the 40 Instrumental Christmas Classics album that you can find on Amazon Music, and performed apparently by something called Christmas Music Experts. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, because I've tried, but asking Santa to put podcasts in your stocking doesn't work very well. But that's okay. Go to Stitcher. Go to iHeartRadio. Go to wherever you get your podcasts, including maybe soon, don't know yet, but possibly on Pandora. They are evidently experimenting with getting into the podcast biz, and this might be one of them you can hear there. More on that as things develop. But make sure wherever you go to listen to this show, you still stir way more than the mouse in was the night before Christmas, and creep on over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review in their stocking. Then lay a finger aside of your nose and up your friend's chimney, make sure you ask first, um, and tell them to listen to this podcast too. You can also support the show financially by putting a little money in our stocking. I was already griping at the beginning of the episode that we gotta buy some new equipment, 
and your Patreon donations help us do that. So, if you can help out in 2019, you know, make that your your resolution if you like. I would be very appreciative. It's the Atari Bytes B-Y-T-E-S page over there at Patreon.com. I will also be starting up the uh, merchandise store again in 2019. It's actually the one I have is actually still there. You can go check that out. Uh, but I'm looking for suggestions for things to put in there. Maybe something a little different. Maybe some shirts with some witty sayings on them. Or, you know, the, the classics. You know, mugs and stickers and shirts. And, but if there's something else you'd like to see in there, let me know. Maybe you're in the mood for a tote bag. Maybe you want... I don't know, panties. You want panties with uh, Atari Bytes written on them? We can we can see if we can do that. Maybe you want, um, I, I don't know, reproductions of the Mona Lisa, only on her outfit she's got an Atari Bytes sticker. Uh, dog collars. I don't know. The sky's the limit. So send me your ideas. Our website is ataribytes.libson.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the Atari Bytes Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. We're even on Instagram. We're all over the place. Come see us. And don't forget to check out my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, for all your animated Peanuts gang needs. New episodes drop on the 15th of every month. I just dropped an episode today, after feverishly scrambling to get it edited this week, uh, and I'm really quite tired. Um, so go see if I fell asleep anywhere in that episode. It'll be like a little game. Next time on Atari Bytes. Christmas will be over, of course. No sooner will we have crawled out of the wreckage of the Yuletide spirit, but it'll be New Year's. Ta-da! 2019. So it'll be our New Year's Eve episode. When I should come out on New Year's Eve, it comes out a day or two before, but you get the idea. To ring in the New Year, I'm taking another break from actually playing a game to do a movie review instead. What movie? Well... Earlier this year, I think it was something like episode 129, something like that, I reviewed the Megaforce game based on the 1980s action movie Megaforce. So I decided it would be fun to actually watch that movie and share it with you guys. Again, this is a podcast that celebrates story. A movie is, by definition, a story. So I'm going to check it out, let you know what I thought. But, and here's the fun part, not just me, I'm going to have a special guest. Who is it, you asked? I've been debating whether I should tell you or not, and I have decided not. I will tell you that it's not one of my kids. It's not my wife. Most certainly is not my wife. If she decided to come on this podcast, it would be more than a surprise. It would be uh, some sort of tectonic shift in reality. Um, And like I said, it's not a family member. It is someone that most of you probably know, but I think I'm going to leave it a surprise for now. You'll enjoy it, I promise. So tune in next week for the big New Year's review of Megaforce, the movie. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Thank you.
Thank <laughs> you.